Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us today is Giant Bandari, who is an advisor to institutional investors and also the host of the highly acclaimed Capitalism Immorality. Giant, thank you for joining us again today. Uh, Maurice, uh, thank you very much for having me again. You know, Giant, we've been doing a, a number of series of interviews here recently with regards to the events that are occurring in India. For a first-time listener, again, please just share with us what occurred on the 8th of November. Well, that day, later in the evening, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi came on the television to announce that all banknotes with face value of rupees 500 and rupees 1000 would no longer be legal tender. Now, these are the most widely used currency banknotes in India, and they are worth about $7.5 and $15, respectively. Uh, not only the rich people use these uh, bills, uh, even the poor people tend to use the same bills, which means that uh, within days, the whole economy is started going into a shock and it started to stall and stagnate. Um, the people were lining up outside banks, and this has continued as we talk today uh, in the mid of December. Situation is getting worse by the day, and the poor people are jobless, hungry, and desperate. Well, speaking of the situation getting worse by the day, catch us up to speed now where we are today. So, uh, Prime Minister Modi gave 31st December as the deadline when people should deposit all their cash, the banknotes, bank into the bank accounts. The problem is that 50% of Indians do not have a bank account. So these are the poorest, most desperate people who have no chance of converting their money. Uh, but of course, the rich people and the well-connected people deposited their bank, uh, the money in the bank accounts or used the mafia to do the conversion for them. So effectively, 92% of the banned banknotes have been deposited. And I know of no rich person who has not been able to do it so far. Uh, it's the poor people who are still lining up outside the banks to somehow open a bank account and deposit their cash. So those that are dealing with uh, the mafia to um, commensurate transactions, now they're also looking at legal consequences as well, aren't they? Oh, they have no legal consequences because uh, once you hand over your money to the mafia, the mafia brings back to you your converted cash. Uh, the surprising thing, uh, uh, Maurice, and this tells you so much about these banknotes, that uh, until about a week back, um, you could sell your banned banknotes, banknotes at a discount of 20% to the face value. Today, you can actually sell the banned banknotes for a premium of 10 or 15%, which means that banknotes are more in demand than the legal currency is. This is truly, truly an Orwellian situation in the country right now. <laughs> I have to share with you, you know, uh, it's, it's just it's surprising, but yet it's not surprising. You know, Giant, if Prime Minister Modi wants to go with a cashless society, how is that going to work out? Well, this is uh, Maurice 100% going to fail. Uh, let's try to understand what India is like. 
India has a population of about 1.3 billion people. The per capita GDP of this country is $1,700. Now, if you take out about 300 million people from this equation, 300 million people who you might call as middle class or uh, lower middle class, you are left with a billion people whose GDP per capita is likely somewhere around $600 US dollar per year. which means maurice that about a billion people of this country live on about 1 or 2 us dollar a day now think through this thing for a couple of seconds maurice to let it sink in about a billion people of this wretched and poor and heavily diseased country live on about 1 or 2 dollars a day now the food prices are not as expensive as they are in the us but I would say anecdotally they are half as expensive as they are in the US which in a way you should think in terms of terms that you would live on 2 to 4 dollar a day in the US now these people live a medieval lifestyle they cannot sign their own names they have no education and these people are who earn who cannot wait for a week to get their salary they need their daily wages because they are only earning 1 or 2 dollars a day are now expected to go and line up line up outside the banks every day to deposit and take out their cash or to carry plastic cards and use those cards now maurice the reality of this country is that i know many educated people rich people who have never used their debit card they have never go, gone to an atm machine that is the technological backwardness of this country now tell me do you think these billion people will ever come around in the foreseeable future to go cashless it's not going to happen this will be an utter failure but in the meantime hundreds and hundreds of people are dying millions and tens of millions of people are going hungry jobless and they are suffering you know we've mentioned this before giant you know as precious metals investors we love opportunities like this but the sad reality is is what you just mentioned is the cause or loss of life and the the human suffering that goes along with this is truly truly unfortunate uh You mentioned the banknotes being deposited. How much of those banknotes have been deposited? Uh well, close to about 92% ba- uh monetary value of banknotes have been deposited so far. Um I as as I said earlier, virtually every rich person I know has managed to convert his uh, banned banknotes into new currency. It hasn't really been a problem. In fact, if you had a bundle of those you can today not only convert them but convert them at a premium which is very very crazy you know talk to us about counterfeiting has the government been able to control counterfeiting uh not at all uh they have always blamed pakistan for counterfeiting counterfeiting indian currency uh and the reality is that uh because 92% of currency banknotes have now been deposited at banks not really an unusual quantity of uh, counterfeit banknotes have been caught 
which truly means that this wasn't ever a problem. But what is truly funny is that this is actually becoming a huge, huge problem right now. The new banknotes are being counterfeited with abandon. Uh, they are now printing presses around the country that are printing these uh, currency notes. Uh, and the re reason is, uh, Maurice, that uh, because people are not really accustomed to these new banknotes, it's so easy to just photocopy them and fool the other person to accept those banknotes. So this problem has skyrocketed rather than fallen. Yeah, I can see that happening. You know, Giant, question for you here. Who are the real corrupt people here? Is it is it business or is it government? Now, uh, Maurice, uh, remember, uh, only a fraction of Indians pay income tax. And there's a reason behind it. Um, Indian GDP is only $1,700 a year, which truly means that a vast, vast majority of these people are below the income tax slab. Uh, now, small businesses have to do a lot of cash transactions. That is the nature of the country because a billion people or more just cannot write their own names. In such a society, a lot of cash transactions happen. That does not mean it's corrupt money. Now, the reality is that the corruption exists mostly with the government. I have in my all my life never met a public servant in India who does not ask for a bribe. These are truly the most corrupt people. And really, Maurice, if a private sector company is corrupt, you can decide not to go back to them. But what do you do when you need a passport or when you need a driving license? And the only option you have is to pay a bribe to get those documents. Uh, these public sector people are extraordinarily corrupt. Now, your question is, what has government done to remove corruption? Yesterday, they came out with a notification that political parties will not be assessed for taxes and will not be questioned if they are found to have the banned banknotes. Earlier, they also came up with something which required the police and tax authorities to check with the senior officers before they pursue any case against government officials. So effectively, what Modi has done is to make it very difficult to, to trouble any of these really corrupt people who are the part of the government, but all they are doing is to trouble the really poor and desperate people of this country. It makes absolutely no sense, Maurice, and I'm truly surprised that nothing, not much revolt is happening against the government. You know, you mentioned corruption and then you mentioned revolt. You know, in Venezuela, there's a similar uh, situation going on there. But uh, the people in India, I don't really see them protesting as much. Does this mean that the people are in favor of the demonetization? Well, uh, Maurice, uh, people in, let's say, Zimbabwe or India, these are not the kind of people who protest. Uh, and the reason is that these people are extremely irrational. They are ex extremely tribal and they are extremely superstitious. They lack a moral instinct. They do not process information based on morality. They do not in process information 
based on what is right and wrong. And as a result, it is extremely difficult for these people to revolt or protest. In Venezuela, they have a much higher moral instinct, and that is why, why they are protesting. Of course, this means that Venezuela gets the headlines in the international media, and India does not get the headlines. But that does not mean that India is any better than Venezuela. In fact, Maurice, uh, I wish India were Venezuela. Venezuela is seven times more rich than India is, and they are the people who go out to fight when they have a problem, or at least fight a lot more than Indians do. Indians do not have that moral instinct. The poor people don't have moral instincts. And very ironically, Maurice, and this makes me really, really sad, the middle class people in India do not have moral instincts and they do not really care if the poorest and death, most desperate people of this country, that one billion people suffer or die or go into hunger, the middle class people sees them as servants and maids and chauffeurs. They do not sort of see these people as human beings. And that's really the sad irony of India. Well, thank you for drawing that distinction there. You know, uh, Giant, what is the government doing now about gold? Well, nothing new has come out in the last two weeks, but uh, savers are anxious about the goals they have because they now know that any married woman who has more than 500 grams of gold, and even if it's less than 500 grams and if it's held in non-jewelry form, can't put them into serious trouble, which means that they may have to they will have to, of course, give a lot of bribes, but they may still get, end up get, getting into trouble from the government. So these people are scared. They have emptied their lockers, uh, which means that the crime rate is going to go up, and it might already have gone up. People will not report such crimes to the police because they will still get into trouble if they report such a crime to the police. Um, so no new, nothing new has come up, but government is, is scaring people from owning gold. And we're talking what five hundred grams? That's between sixteen to eighteen ounces. That's that's really de minimis. That's here. correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. You know, giant. What should the citizens in India do now? Well, uh, so Indians will buy more gold. Uh, and that is the only option they have. So whether it is illegal or legal, people have no other option but to keep more of their cash in physical gold form. Uh, my advice to them is that it is still legal for Indians to own about a quarter, sorry, it is still legal for them to transfer a quarter of a million US dollar outside the country every year. I think they should be moving their money outside the country. They should be keeping some of this cash in, in gold form outside the country. India is becoming truly a dangerous place to keep your savings. They should move it out before capital controls are imposed in this country. In my view, it will not be too long before capital controls are in place in this country. You know, you mentioned capital controls for a listener that's not aware. What is a capital control? Uh, capital control means that people will no longer be able to move their money outside the country. Right now, 
they can convert their indian rupees into us dollars move it outside the country and then use it for investment purposes once capital controls are put into place they their indian rupee will no longer be convertible into us dollars or any other foreign currency you know we mentioned uh, the the us price of gold in india it was roughly 3000 a couple of weeks ago where does that stand today well the last time morisa checked the figure it was 1700 dollar per ounce but right now i have been trying for the last one week or so to check what the street price of gold was and i am not getting back any information there's an enormous amount of fear in the market the gold traders are not responding to phone calls and people are not going to the market either because everyone is scared about the police state that is now emerging in the country they are afraid of the tax authorities troubling you in case you are found to be buying gold so there's a huge fear which has resulted into the whole market going underground which means i don't really have real information at in terms of what's happening at the street right now fair enough giant last question for you what did i forget to ask well uh, uh maurice uh, 31st december is the last date when um, government has required people to deposit all their bank banknotes uh, people will have deposited their most of their bank banknotes but people will also start realizing that government will not have issued back the cash by that time and it will take the government at least 4 to 6 months before they can actually liquefy the economy again in my view the desperation will continue to increase in the country people will get into serious problems businesses are failing poor people are going hungry farmers are unable to sow their new next cycle of crops vegetable prices are falling right now because poor people cannot afford to buy and eat so this is truly the worst man-made crisis i can think of that has happened in the so-called post-independent post india truly truly sad to hear you know a giant let's switch gears here let's talk about capitalism and morality uh, for a first time listener what is capitalism and morality and give us the dates for that please well the next seminar this is a seminar i have run for the last 7 years in vancouver in canada uh and the next one will be on the 29th of July 2017 in downtown Vancouver uh and um, we have a, some very good speakers coming as usual um uh, Rakesh Wadpa is the recent uh, is a new speaker going to come Rakesh used to run most of the casinos in Sri Lanka and in Nepal before his um, casinos were taken over by the Maoists in Nepal and he has a story to tell when he comes to the seminar i'm truly looking forward to his speech he's the person who in my view seeded the libertarian movement the free market movement in india so i'm he's one of the speakers in plimmer is another speaker he's flying in from australia uh, and he is a great speaker he works with gina reinhart uh, who is uh, a big um mining company magnet in in australia 
the usual speakers, Rick Rule, Duck Casey will be there. It will, it's a great day, Maurice, and I truly suggest that you and other people, and I know you will be coming, but I truly suggest other people come and join us. Yes, Giant. I was in attendance uh, this past year, and I'm looking very much forward to being there again this year. Giant, for speaking engagements that you will be attending here in the near future, do you have any? Uh, yes, I will be speaking at PDAC conference in Toronto in March. Um, I will also, of course, be speaking at Capitalism and Morality. I always speak at Asia Investment Conf Conf Congress in Singapore in March and also Minds and Money in Hong Kong in March. Thank you for sharing that. And for listeners, if you're interested in purchasing precious metals, offshore storage, or a precious metals IRA, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com. Again, that website is www.provenandprobable.com. And also, visit Giant Bandari's website, which is giantbandari.com. Giant Bandari, thank you for joining us again on Proven and Probable. Thanks very much for the opportunity, Maurice. All the best to you. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.